0: lifting prayerful hands, laughing, baffled. They kept their hands together as they clambered over knees and bags, making their way to the aisle, and assembled on the stage, prayer-stuck, beseeching the Almighty for a bit of naughty fun. The hypnotist gave them orders, stupid things to do, and the rest of the audience laughed at them. Some of the people on stage were having sex with chairs, taking their tops off, snogging invisible movie stars. Some of them weren't hypnotised. Rose could tell. They were pretending so they could get up on stage and act stupid and get attention or something. It was a lie they all agreed to tell each other. When Sammy looked deep into her eyes and said they were doing it for the money, she pretended like she was hypnotised. Love you too. But Rose's hands came apart in the dark. She was waiting until she could get away from him, until she could find someone else, someone that she didn't need to lie to. You did need somebody to cling to, she knew that. She looked out at the street of pubs and clubs, where pals and cousins and sisters and workmates had met and spent the evening together. Her brothers and sisters had been scattered all over, adopted into different families down in England. It wasn't even that long ago, but she couldn't remember all of their faces properly. She didn't miss the responsibility, the weight of them all. She watched them leave, relieved. They wouldn't miss her, she was sure. Wherever they went would be better than where they'd been. They might do all right in a new place. She let them go. Rose had been twelve and a half, too old for adoption, she knew that. People wanted to adopt fresh kids, and she wasn't that. Everyone else had someone. They weren't even grateful. Mostly they complained about who they had. Rose hated kids at school whining about their folks, moaning because someone demanded to know where they'd been all night, angry if they came home covered in bruises, smelling of sick and spunk sorry for herself she felt that familiar plummet in mood she couldn't control the drop or slow it because she was so tired it was morning and she was heading back for a fight with the care home staff because she'd been out all night she ran through the night staff wrote on her head that new woman was on the tall one so Rose wouldn't even be able to fall back on the old trick to get out of a grilling. She couldn't pull her clothes off and force the male support worker to leave the room. The staff were always calm. She hated that. They never raised their voices or got excited or screamed because they loved you. Sammy screamed and shouted. Sammy's mood rose and fell, swooped and died from extreme to extreme. That's what first made her notice him. He stopped her on her way to school and said she was beautiful and she got embarrassed and told him to fuck off. The next day he was there, waiting to see her. But now he was angry and told her she was full of herself. Wake up, hen, you've got an arse the size of partick. Then the next day he was sorry. He looked sorry too. He just wanted to talk. He felt this connection between them, that's why he came back. Rose had kept her eyes down since her mother died. The first time she looked up, it was for Sammy's bullshit. Her mood was shifting now, swooping low, 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 below angry. Random memories that echoed her mood came to mind. Taking her pants off in a hallway stacked with bin bags, a grubby avocado-coloured bath with yellow fag burns. Four men looking up at her from a living room. She'd never admit it to her psychologist, but she did use some of his techniques. She shut her eyes, breathed deeply, and summoned Pinky Brown. Pinky holding her hand, his big hand over her small hand. Pinky stirring a pot of food. Pinky in their clean wee flat. Pinky holding a baby. Their baby, maybe. It worked. The breathing and the images shifted the tar black mood. The psychologist said.